I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It's Friday, so that means we must bring you the NFL acrostic for week 14, the Golik NFL acrostic, which we have created here. And of course, that also means that we have a beautiful poem for you, which is why I'm wearing this stupid hat. So G <laughs> is for an ankle that we hope can heal up fast. O is for the Bills trying to make their playoff chances last. L is for the division that seems to be the worst. I is for a favorite that should be on upset alert. C is for Dak trying to knock off a division rival. Now let's see what the Golics think about Week 14's arrival. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Every okay. week, Slate finds a way to land the plane. Every yeah. week he does it. So let's start with G. Let's start with Gimpy Ankle, guys. So will Trevor Lawrence play or won't he? What was with not using a cart after that injury? Oh. I don't know. Here's Trevor on how he's feeling. Maybe. Hmm. No, it seems, seems that it that didn't like that's work. That's going to happen, but uh, take our word for it. Trevor, thanking the medical staff and dad revealing, I think very importantly so, because the number one thing we were all thinking about first and foremost was Trevor's health and safety. Coming off, it was a very nasty-looking ankle injury. But then number two was why in a state full of golf carts they couldn't get something out there to carry Trevor to the locker room. And dad, you were actually the one that told me this yesterday. He was offered the golf cart. He turned the golf cart down and then about halfway to the locker room realized it was a lot farther than he expected and regretted not taking the golf cart. Yeah, listen, I did that one time. Uh, the only time I went on IR during my career, uh, I got bent over on a play in a game uh, back in my, in my kind of back on my own knee. And, and, I, and I was laying there, the, the, the uh, docs came out and they're like, we're going to get like a cart. Back then it wasn't a golf cart. It was like this like this cart they wheeled you off on it was it was so 80-ish um and i'm like no 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 i don't i, I don't want to go i want to walk off i want to walk off so they started to stand me up and my like knee shifted and i'm like okay sit me down on the cart you know, let's like sit me down on this thing and get me off, off i'm the sorry field. i've so, made a mistake here please don't make well, me do I, this I, I, I guarantee you there's more people than not that will say, I don't want to go down a cart. I, you know, I want to walk off the field. I, I, and, and he was one of them. That's what he did. And then realized what a, what a mistake it was. They play the Browns, Mike, and, and it's a, a good defensive team, obviously, in Cleveland. But you got to think of the, lo the long term, and I mean of this season, and say, if this guy needs to sit this game for an extra week, you got to sit him so he's right because you don't need this thing lingering. 
This is a lot like the images we've seen, though, of Aaron Rodgers being out on the field and moving around at all this close to an Achilles injury that he suffered with Trevor Lawrence. Deb, what we saw in that game, like your point about the cart, you had a choice. Most guys yeah. that get the cart are getting the cart because right. there is yeah. no way on God's right. green earth that they can put weight on whatever limb they just injured. Right. And with Trevor Lawrence, it looked like that. We had the moment where he gets rolled up on. It's his own guy that gets pushed back into him in the left tackle. And then he tries to get up and walk off and immediately goes to the ground in the heap. And that's yeah. where we're all like, oh, my God. And so for him to then turn down work and be out, we saw limited window into practice and he didn't do everything. But the fact that he was out there moving around, pushing off that thing already felt like more than we could have possibly expected yeah. with this. I'm with you. You got to keep the long term viewpoint in there, Dad. And with Trevor Lawrence, this isn't just oh, he's got to be healthy enough to go out there and stand in the pocket. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, so much of their game is boot completely changes the dynamic of the offense. Maybe not as much as having C.J. Beathard out there, which is still right, the other right. option, but it definitely alters what Trevor Lawrence and what we're used to seeing. And, and Lawrence is listed as questionable. I mean, not even doubtful. And usually if it's doubtful, it means you're not playing. But he's questionable. C.J. Beathard, by the way, is nicked up a little bit. He's questionable as well. Now, uh, the injury lists get pretty long by the end of the season because you have to disclose everything. But that will be interesting if he makes it back in a week from what that looked like. But I would, I would lean toward not and having Beathard in in this game. Yeah, I would, Browns are three-point favorites right now. I think that's the right line. I think the under 32.5 is fascinating in this one for a yeah. Browns team that's got Joe Flacco playing quarterback right now, for a Browns team that's got a chance to have an easier time getting to the quarterback this week against this Jags offensive line, whether you've got an injured quarterback or a backup quarterback in that game. Most surprising thing to me was last week, though, Dad, how the Jags got run on there, and that's certainly yeah. not the taste you want in your mouth, getting ready to face a Cleveland team that's going to try and make their living there, especially up the middle. Yeah, that's what they're, and again, they're on their fourth quarterback, so they certainly don't want to rely on the arm of said insert quarterback here, in this case, Joe Flacco. So yeah, they live on the run. This is going to be a lot tougher than I think we think for Jacksonville. Uh, I would agree. So uh, very interesting juncture of their season, too, as a team we've talked about kind of in that Detroit Lions range of we're not sure what their floor or ceiling are. All that goes out the window of Trevor Lawrence all of a sudden has to miss any game down the stretch of this season with how tight their race is. Uh, let's get to uh, the second portion of this. Jesse, the weirdest story to come from yesterday, bar none. When I look on ESPN.com and on the front page, I see Bill's coach apologized for 9-11 remarks made in 2019. You're not having a great time. Yeah, so Sean McDermott was on the defensive on Thursday after it emerged that he used the September 11th terrorist attacks as an example of good teamwork in a speech to his players. That is correct. You are hearing me correctly. Here he is addressing the incident. I want to reference um, the team meeting that has been brought up. Uh, my intent in the meeting that day was to discuss the importance of communication and being on the same page with the team. I regretted mentioning 9-11 in my message that day, and I immediately apologized to the team. Not only was 9-11 a horrific event in our country's history, but a, day, but a day that I lost a good family friend. To be honest with you, I'm not here to, to discuss the, the article that's out there and the things that are mentioned other than this right here, because this right here is very, very important to me. And um, something I take very seriously. It's a big yikes. Uh, big yikes, guys. What is going on in Buffalo? Uh, I mean, good Lord. I, I, Dad, I was surprised he addressed this. Now, Tyler Dunn, and uh, it's on the publication Go Long, wrote a three-part, very like long you know, incredibly well-sourced. They referenced multiple players, both on and off the record. I think about 25 different players, former assistants, who were a mix of on and off the record. Just talking about Sean McDermott's tenure in Buffalo to begin with, but this story was certainly the juiciest nugget coming out of this. This idea, as it's reported in the story, that Sean McDermott tried to drive home this idea of teamwork by referencing how the Al-Qaeda terrorists work together on the day of 9-11 yeah. to orchestrate one of the most gruesome terror attacks in our country's history. I can't believe he addressed it and actually crystallized. Like, this was, you know, it, 
basically a he said he said potentially between him and former players none of whom i believe for this story were on the record talking about this particular incident and he came out and said yes it's true and i'm sorry for it in a way that stunned me yeah i mean giving that speech in the first place back in 19 again from the hijacker side of it was was just unbelievable but i think mike in this case as that article came out now and people were going to see that you know people look at articles and take and take the the most hot topic thing and that was going to be it that was going to be asked of him so i i do think it was going to end up in front of him so i think he was just getting in front of it you know, before any more was made out of it, of what a, what a mistake it was for him to do that and how it was going to come back now because this article just came out. Do you think that, so the ten, the whole tenor, I mean, again, like you said, the most bizarre case of football brain ever where you're yeah. so, and, and we got a good insight of this actually this year about how coaches plan this out because everyone involved said, Sean is too meticulous in the way that he approaches right. these things for this to have been some off-the-cup thing. He had to have planned it. And we've seen right. this year for Dan Lanning in Oregon as they've planned all these elaborate videos associated with their wins. Dan Lanning you know, has a plan for the message he's going to deliver every week to the team and how he puts together the speech for that. Right, But this is clearly someone way too deep down the rabbit hole in football brain trying to make this happen. It's a good reminder of everything we've been through this year. Good chance to re-up after the video board incident at Michigan State. And now this certain list of things you just never mention. 9-11 and Hitler. Don't do it. If you're thinking, I'm going to make a compelling point using some of the more nuanced notes of either of these people or events, places in history, don't do it. Never a good idea. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not mention 9-11 and Hitler. We'll add to the list as we see fit. Especially mentioning them in a positive light or in a positive way of how the hijackers work together or Adolf Hitler was actually a really good leader. I mean, to even utter those things, oh my God, I mean, blows my mind that you could think of it and say, hey, would this be a good speech? Not only do you need the common person sense in the room, you need it in your head to say, what the hell are you thinking? Why would you even bring that up? And, and, and make put in the positive light that the scum that are involved in this, I mean, it blows yeah, my mind. But you're right. It's, it's, it's about a, a coach going so deep into a rabbit hole of being a coach and trying to find a motivation. Sean McDermott problem that in big games, he's been too controlling. He's micromanaged too much. It's why you've seen such a mass exodus of assistant coaches over the years, jockeying for power, taking over play calling in critical moments there. As it pertains to this weekend, Dad, do you look at this Kansas City Chiefs matchup and think the Buffalo Bills can write their season coming off a great Josh Allen performance, but well, going up against the Kansas City team that this article points to, that playoff loss really the breaking point for this coach and his grasp on the wheel here do they have the talent to do it yes and also let's throw in the KC isn't looking its best right now either and I mean you look at the last time they didn't win the division was 2019 and they still went to the playoffs as a wild card lost to Houston then they won the division all the next years 13 and 3 lost the conference title to Kansas City 11 and 6 lost the division to KC and then last year 13 and 3 and they lost in the division series to Cincinnati so it kind of reminds me of uh, Marty Schottenheimer the late great Marty Schottenheimer coaching Cleveland getting his team to the AFC championship but then not being able to get it past whether it's the drive or the fumble or whatever and then losing his job by, by going that far but not getting over the hump and I mean yeah Sean McDermott's got a hell of a record and they keep winning the division now as we mentioned what three years could be you know won't be this year but three years in a row and playoffs last four years so how far do you let it go of success but not success to the level that you want yeah, it certainly becomes difficult, especially when you're judged on what goes on with those other great teams in your division, in your conference, I should say, especially. So I think the Chiefs, who are right now one and a half point home favorite, I think they find a way to win. I do think there is something to Andy Reid against one of his former assistants and a guy who does sometimes white knuckle in critical moments running into this again. Both defenses far lesser. The Chiefs defense has fallen off from their early season standard, but I think they're going to find enough in the Chiefs offense against us. Buffalo Bills defense that was damaged due to injury and has just not played nearly as well quietly throughout this process 
I think Kansas City gets the dub. Dad, let's get to L. Uh, we could go quickly through this one because it's the NFC yeah. South. The loser's yeah. out. Will the loser of Tampa Bay and Atlanta be out of the NFC South division race that it seems like no one's ever out of because none of these teams are actually that good? I think Atlanta's going to win the division. I think they're going to win this game. I think Tampa Bay on defense is just not built to party at this point. I agree. I think Atlanta's a better team. I think they do win the division. Either way, whoever wins the division, there's only going to be one, one representative uh, in the playoffs, I think, from this division. Because you guess, they, they uh, you know, Atlanta has six losses, Tampa Bay has seven, but there's six other six-loss teams who are vying for that shot right outside the wild card uh, as well. So I do think it's only one team, and I do think it's Atlanta. Yeah, completely agree. Let's go on to the I, Dad. Uh, in danger of an upset, Week 9, team that is in most danger of getting knocked off this week. We talked about the Buffalo Bills potentially. Now, it's basically a coin flip on the road for them, it seems. So that one hardly seems like too big of a potential upset here. Any other games sticking out to you, Dad, as we look at the weekend slate here? We've got the Seahawks as massive underdogs to the 49ers. Jacksonville is three-point dogs to the Cleveland Browns. The Carolina Panthers, five-point dogs on the road against the Saints. Anything catching your eye? Well, I, I, what's the spread in the Baltimore Rams game? That one might seven and a half. That one might that one might be an interesting one. Now they have been nicked up at the receiver position. Cooper Cup's been getting nicked up. Puka Nakua obviously hurt his shoulder as well. But Kyron Williams, if he's on the field, you know he's going to end up in the end zone. Uh, that's just just what he does. So that may be one. If Stafford playing well in that defense, when you always have Aaron Donald uh, out there, what it can possibly do. So I might look at that one possibly. I don't think Chicago is going gonna, is gonna to knock off Detroit. Detroit finds a way. So I might look at that one. Remember, Philly in this game going to Dallas is the underdog. So they have the better sure. record, but they're the underdog uh, in this one. They certainly could win in Dallas. So Dallas is playing really well. I might look at Baltimore and the Rams as, as a good possibility. I would agree. I think that's the one that you've got circled. At the very least, I think the Rams cover in this game, right? Seven in the yes, hook there. Yeah, I yeah. think they're in good shape for that. Uh, for the uh, Baltimore Ravens side of things, you're getting Justin Matabike back, your great defensive lineman. You're hopefully getting Marlon Humphrey back too. Marcus Williams, a couple pieces in that secondary. So your defense is going to be at full strength. Going up against a Rams offense, the dead has run the ball better this year, especially up the middle when Kyron Williams has been healthy. They're versatile there. Matthew Stafford, when healthy, operates a pretty fast offense and the defense still has enough Aaron Donald to maybe give you some issues with the young guys as the Ravens try and figure out life post Mark Andrews on offense still an incredible rushing attack still obviously with Lamar Jackson more Keaton Mitchell carries coming right. up as well there but I think the Rams do have the parts necessary to make this a close and interesting game if they go out there and like you said are healthy at a lot of those skill spots yeah, I agree. I, I think for sure they covered. You mentioned seven and a half. Uh, for sure they cover on Baltimore. But it would not it would not stun me if Monday we're talking about uh, the Rams getting that win. All right, well, let's get to the final portion of this. Changing the narrative. Can the Dallas Cowboys take out the Philadelphia Eagles? This was Micah Parsons talking about the rivalry on his podcast. It's always one of the biggest games in football, if not the biggest, you know, um, the intensity is always high, um, the emotions high, the, everyone wants to win, you know, it's, it's a brawl, it's always one where you got to get the ice bags ready. JK, that was at a press conference, but either way, yeah. Dad, you're calling this game on Sunday yeah. night, what are you expecting from this, as you mentioned, Philly the underdog here despite the better record? So he's so right about this game. You know, when I was in Philadelphia, it was just a different practice week. Kind of in college, if it's, you know, for me it was Notre Dame when we played SC, you guys maybe when it was Michigan, right? It was just, it was a different week. And it was always Cowboy Week. It always got, now we hit during practice anyway, but it was always a little more, you know, a little, little more hitting, maybe even a little more fighting amongst ourselves, uh, but then always coming together for the game. But it's a different week. And you throw in the fact that Buddy Ryan and Jimmy Johnson that go on in that game. And, oh, by the way, the great play uh, that would go on in that game. So that's where we are now. Mike, we get such – you know this as an analyst when you're calling games. You get great information sent to you. And each week I get great research packets and on each individual game. And normally they're like four pages. What I have and breaking down for the Cowboys-Eagles, it's 17 pages. Yeah. 17 pages of research notes on this game alone. And that's 
coming from the league, not even from the teams. So the, the, there's so many things here that's going on that, that I'll talk about in the game for man coverage, single high, you know, not to get, get crazy on it, but both O-lines, especially the Dallas O-line, that to me is one of the biggest things. The Dallas offensive line is healthy and playing incredibly well. Uh, Deron Bland is doing obviously a great job, but it's almost like Diggs, who is hurt, you could get that interception or you get thrown on. Bland is getting thrown on a lot as well, but he's also getting interception. So it's kind of a hit or miss thing there as well. So this, I'm looking so forward to the matchups, the still the linebacker issues for the Eagles. Uh, can Philly offense get back to looking like it was a little bit? I mean, this, a classic, classic matchup of these two teams. Hard hitting, I think going to be close. I can't pick a winner in this one, but man, I'm going to be real happy to be calling it. I think the Cowboys win this game. The biggest questions I have are, how does Jalen Hurts respond after a week full of criticism to him, knowing full well he's not 100%? Does the Eagles offense adjust with that in mind? They don't have multiple tight ends available, but can they get the run game going against this Dallas front? Or because of the way Dallas plays, is this more of a receiver-led game for them, given the opportunities there? And on the other side, is there anything they can do to stop the middle of the field where Dallas yeah. exploited yeah. them early and often in the last matchup there? CeeDee Lamb had the game of his season with over 191 yards, working a lot of that out of the slot against the nickel and linebacker rooms for the Eagles that have been decimated by injury. I think we saw Philly fall from grace last week against the 49ers, and I think unfortunately for them, this becomes a two-game skid against the other two premier teams in the NFC. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golic. It is time to turn our attention to the college game with our Modelo College Football Preview brought to you by Modelo, the mark of a fighter. So Marvin Harrison Jr., Gave us a preview of his future, a.k.a. whether or not he's going to declare for the draft. Yeah, I'm still undecided. Um, you, know, you guys know, uh, coming into this year, uh, I wanted to beat the TN North and win a Big Ten championship, and obviously I did not do that this year. So um, I think it's a great motive to come back you know, if that's what I decided to do. Because um, that's something I definitely wanted to do in my uh, Ohio State career, and not being done that yet definitely opens the door. Uh, I'm definitely blessed to be getting all the recognition that I am for you know these different awards and things like that. But uh, I think I would trade it all for a win against the TN North. Hmm. So, guys, what do we think? Is he really not going to declare? No, no, okay. uh, I, no. No, we did. It, it, Dad, it's worth noting we did see this last year. Remember with C.J. Stroud, where for a while there was this will he, yeah. won't he, and a lot of people yeah. thought in the NIL era were they trying to put together a package enticing enough to bring him back to college? We've heard so much of it the other way through the lens of Caleb Williams this year, whose father's been public about this idea that if they don't like the teams at the top of the draft that might be picking, maybe he would come back. Last year, it was more Ohio State trying to coax C.J. Stroud back, which very different conversations about Marvin Harrison and some of his goals with that team up north. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I get it. Lost three in a row to Michigan. You'd like to win a Big Ten title. You'd like to win a national title. Remember, Peyton Manning went back uh, for another year to try and, and, and get a national title. And it was actually T. Martin after that who got it. Uh, so I, I, I understand the thought process at times. But when cooler heads prevail, he also has to realize he had a new quarterback this year in Kyle McCord who is now leaving. 
So instead of having that guy next year with a little bit of continuity, you're going to have another brand-new starting quarterback at Ohio State. I don't know why he'd want to put himself in that position, put him in position for injury as well. Now, if he wants to go back because he thinks that team, and they're always a talented team, can win sure. the Big Ten, and, and, and now it's a 12-team playoff. So just like this year, if it were next year, they would be in and have a chance for a title. Uh, listen, no problem. Tip of the cap if he wants to go back and do it because you can only go through college one time, and it's a lot of fun, as you as we both know. It is a ball. Uh, but but I do think at the end of the day, he, he's going to end up declaring. I, I agree. He's expected by most people's estimations to be the third pick in the draft, at the very least the third overall prospect in the draft, the best non-quarterback in the draft. And after being a Blitnikoff finalist, doing all the things that he has done here, I understand. And great by him, by the way, to reference the game. You want to talk about something that will endear you to Ohio State fans who are going to understand if Marvin Harrison Jr. decides to forego his eligibility and go to the NFL. At the very least, you drive home the fact that, oh, by the way, I'm really about this life over here in the shoe. I want to beat that team real bad for you guys. But unfortunately, money, the opportunity, all the things that we expect there. So I'd imagine this is the thing you say when you're still delivering deliberating right now you're going to yeah. talk with ryan day and company and, and you know certainly his father who knows all about this whoever's going to help him make this decision and we wish him well on that one he was the only reason that ohio state team was competitive in their biggest games of the season was because they had 18 on the field for them and nobody right. else did he's been one of the best college football players to watch pumped to watch him at the next level big physical really smart receiver all the things that you want there Jesse, college football was incredibly giving of headlines overall in recent days, and I don't think many things turned heads quite like the statement from Deion Sanders involving the P-word, privacy. Yeah, actually, I had to read the headline a few times, which is that apparently Deion Sanders wants more privacy. So he had this to say in an exclusive interview with people. He said, you always wish that you had a little more privacy, but the same thing that makes you shine will show your blemishes. So you've got to take the good with the bad. You can't just want everyone there when the hype machine is rolling. You have to understand there's another side to this. So guys, if there's one person that I had to guess would live by the motto, there's no such thing as bad publicity, you know, all publicity is good publicity, is Dion, because he's the one who's inviting all these cameras in, so it's kind of wild to me that he could be saying, you always wish you had more privacy. This has big, I think you should leave, we're all trying to find the guy who did this <laughs> hot dog suit energy to it, where, Dad, we look at this after a year where Colorado was one of the premier stories in sports, yeah. not college football, in sports, because of Deion Sanders, because of the unparalleled access from the moment he walked into the door to everything we saw through the first quarter of the season, now this. So a little bit hilarious to hear in retrospect, yeah. Deion's yeah. sometimes a guy that speaks off the cup, and maybe he truly believes that coming out of both sides of his mouth right now, but the rest of us do not. No, don't believe it one bit. And quite honestly, we, I, I know I don't have a problem with what he did because the whole idea of college is you want to attract big-time athletes, whether it's 18-year-olds or whether it's portal guys. And when they were winning in the beginning and he was out there all the time and all the, the stars outside the world of football were, or, or even inside, but all, former players, were hanging out on the sidelines – that was showing everybody. That was a, a clear, as we've talked about, coaches sending messages. That was a message to recruits and to portal guys. Hey, look what we got going on here. We're winning. Stars hang out here. You know, we're, we're the L.A. of Colorado. <laughs> you know, stars are coming to our games. You know, we're it right now. So this is where you want to go. And unfortunately, the season didn't end that way, but I certainly don't blame him one bit for what he did. But then, you know, with season two of Coach Prime coming out, yeah. you know, I <laughs> Every mean, time I walked into two, LAX, yeah. the first thing when I got through yeah. security in the Delta Terminal was a billboard for the Prime documentary show yeah. on Amazon yeah. Prime. It was so perfect. Yeah, so that so I guess you got to kind of miss me with that one. You know, they say all of a sudden you want to, you know, you can control that. You know, you, you, you'd sign the deal that talked about, you know, season two of Coach Prime. Maybe you signed a two-year deal. I don't know. You did that. So it's going to be out there. Your team's going to be out there. And I don't think it's all bad. As I said, no. I don't think it's all bad at all. I, I really don't. But now him saying we want more privacy does make you chuckle a bit. I mean, he went on Levitard's show Monday and said, we're in the portal and we're going after O'Lyman. Him being very yep. public about this, if you want to 
not necessarily say this is cause and effect, but yesterday they got a commitment from a five-star offensive yep. tackle in Jordan Seaton coming to Colorado, chose them over a bunch of big-time schools, and so it, it is going to be his best pitch. Like he said, the things that allow you to shine are also going to expose the warts, but it has made it very clear, hey, if you're a kid that wants to come to Colorado, and I said this covering a couple of their games during the season, he's got the easiest recruiting pitch in the country. Look at how high this thing can climb when we're really good. We've got a defined need right now. You know, Dad, coaches love this. We're one blank away from being great. You can be that difference for us as a player. And for young guys who are looking to get on the field early, maximize their exposure, Colorado can certainly afford you that when things go well. We'll see if they're able to pull that off, Dad. Meanwhile, speaking of exposure, Notre Dame getting back into the game right now. Notre Dame doing a hard knock style in-season series with Peacock. Now, we've seen this in the past. They did the Showtime series a few years ago. Yeah. They did yeah. one series. I remember back in like the Julius Jones era when I was a kid that I watched. So not new for Notre Dame, but certainly in year three for Marcus Freeman. And no thought, pro or, or I, I would have got to believe this was part of the deal, right? I mean, they just signed a new deal with NBC and Peacock that's paying them a hell of a lot more than what they were paying them. So I'm sure NBC was like, okay, we're going to need a little more. You know, we, we already have you guys exclusively, but let's give a little like, – we want more content for our money, right? More bang for our buck. So I don't know this. I wasn't there in the meetings. I'm not sure, but I got to believe that this was part of the negotiation. Okay, if we're – say doubling what we were paying you we're going to need more content to put out there on our channels i will say this for people that might be worried hey is this too much for year three of a coach that's trying to get things back and get over these humps and all that stuff in this day and age in college sports where you have so much content being made in-house already and so yeah. much focus on how you publicly present marcus has done a good job of handling that as anybody in the country right now this hardly feels as invasive as no. it used to in a time before we had all this access players are so used to having cameras around them like you said even their own from your yeah. own you know inside there you know uh, uh that that cameras are going to be around them so what's the difference if, if you don't know the person behind the camera just just you know filming it, it doesn't matter they're used to it so no big deal but i i gotta believe it was part of the whole big package absolutely so lord knows i'll be lined up and watching that like i was watching the in-season tournament come up next let's take a look at the final now set in the nba's wildly successful new venture for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Gojo and Gold. Fellas, it is time for the spiciest pick of the week presented by Campbell's Chonky. So basically, we are predicting the spiciest player heading into the Sunday slate of games. So gentlemen, who is getting all that spice? Who are we going with? All right, Dad, busting out the spice rack here. It's been a couple tough last couple weeks for me because I made the mistake of tying spice to production in a way that was specific. And that's not what we're here to do. Spice is a vibe this week. We're going to try and go with the spicy vibe. And what's spicier, Dad? than having to see an ex that you just very publicly turned down with your new boo. And that's exactly what Shaquille Leonard is going to deal with this week in the Eagles and Dallas Cowboys game. Now, he just joined the Philadelphia Eagles this week. He was released, the former All-Pro, by the Indianapolis Colts a couple of weeks ago. And both the Cowboys and the Eagles, who are in need of some linebacker depth help, both offered their services. Shaquille Leonard ends up choosing the Philadelphia Eagles. And now, going into this week, Dad... The Eagles currently have three off-ball linebackers on their 53-man roster in uh, Morrow, in Ben Van Sumeren, who has never played an NFL snap, yeah. and in Shaquille yeah. Leonard, who just got there. Now, we're not sure how much they're going to use him. He also hadn't been used that much in uh, with the Colts this year, but... He probably is going to get on the field because Philly needs some help in production there. And so what's he going to be able to offer them while the bar is as low as it is in terms of the expectations of that particular position on the Eagles defense? And oh, by the way, how's it going to be like seeing it if the Dallas Cowboys come in there and beat you when you could have had a chance to be over there? 
You know, it's all about how quickly you pick something up. Remember Kevin Byard, the, the Philly traded for him, and he didn't miss a beat, right? Got in there and learned sure. the playbook as quick as he could, a smart player. Shaq Leonard, the same, the same way. So I have to imagine, if nothing else, there will be packages that he will be involved in, uh, no doubt about it, because they do need that. Mike, we keep talking about the middle of the field, and, and – you know, when I'm up in the booth calling this game, that's what I'm going to be noting. We'll look for Jake Ferguson, the tight end for Dallas, in the middle of the field. Look for CeeDee Lamb doing a crossing route and catching a ball right between the – what can be done about it is the big question for Philly. It is very true. In the world post-Josh Dobbs and really going back to Baker Mayfield last year, we have removed the excuses for players <clears throat> yeah. coming over at positions from getting on the field early on in games. You're absolutely right. So that is my spicy player of the week, Shaq Leonard. Can he come in and impact this Philadelphia Eagles defense that desperately needs help at that space? And oh, by the way, can he do it against the other team he could have potentially joined after being released? Who is your spicy player, Dad? Mine is going to be Justin Jefferson back on the field mm -hmm. this week. Minnesota takes on Las Vegas. Minnesota currently 6-6 six and six and in the sixth slot uh, for the playoffs. Last game that Justin played was October 8th. He has been out with that hamstring. He says he feels as good, and he said he was not getting back on the field until he was 100%. He feels he's as good as he's did at the beginning of the year. Can run with speed, do all his cuts. Been working with Josh Dobbs, obviously, in practice. So, to me, uh, we know what kind of receiver he is. He played in five games, averaged a little over, I think, seven catches per game. You know he's going to be involved if he's on the field. So, you want to talk – we talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. for Ohio State and what a difference he makes. Well, what a difference Justin uh, Jefferson makes. You know, right now your leading receiver is your tight end who you traded for last year in TJ Hawkinson. So, how great would it be – uh, to sit there and have your your uh, Justin Jefferson back. Justin Jefferson played five games, Mike, and is still tied for third in receptions on the team. I mean, yeah. he's played in five games. Uh, the other guys have played in, in 11 and 12 games. I mean, absolutely crazy of what he can bring for this team fighting for a playoff spot. 100%. You know, a two-game skid now, the Josh Dobbs experience looking less cute to the point where Kevin O'Connell flirted with putting one of the other guys in there between Jaron Hall or the other backups. And now after this game, Dad, you know, we've talked about the Raiders have been sort of hard to peg after um, Antonio Pierce took over. But after this, you get the Bengals and then you get the division to finish out the year. Two matchups right. against the Lions with the Green Bay Packers, oh, by the way, sandwiched in between that. So Justin Jefferson getting back. Going to go a long way to figure out if this team is also going to be one of those NFC wild card teams coming out of the north there so that is our spicy players of the week heading into the nfl weekend but jesse spicy in the nba last night we got some absolute banner performances from two of the biggest stars in the nba lebron james and tyrese halliburton yes hell yeah brother so now you know nba in-season tournament finals are set we got lakers we got pacers battling it out in las vegas for the first ever nba cup so LeBron afterwards, he was asked about like playing in the in-season tournament. He basically said he never got to play in like a Final Four in college and stuff. So th this is really cool for him. So not just cool for us to watch, cool for the players to play in. Yeah, it, it really is. And for LeBron James, we've talked about this. Um, LeBron James always in the quest for Jordan. I heard the guys on Pardon My Take mention this. Michael Jordan never won an NBA in-season tournament. So food for thought there on LeBron James and what he <laughs> had a chance to accomplish. Yeah. And dead on a night where we are rightly going to talk about, I think, what Tyrese Halliburton was able to do against the Milwaukee Bucks in the early game as he continues his star turn there. 15 assists in that game without a turnover. He's been on an incredible tear. I saw Malika Andrews tweet this from ESPN that Tyrese Halliburton now has three career games with 25 points, 15 assists, and zero turnovers all this season. That is the most all-time of those such games. So an incredible playmaker, clutch scoring down the stretch. You saw him hit the watch, a little oh, homage to oh. Dame time when he hit that dagger three that really started to put the game out of reach, but also taking incredible care of the basketball right now. Yeah, you talked about that shot under a minute to go. They're up 5, 119, 114, and he pops a three. And that is basically ball game there. He goes for 27, 7, and 15. Already, as we know, leads the NBA uh, in assists at this point. He has something to watch. I thought Doris Burke, uh, who, was, who was one of the analysts for the game, really broke it down well and said, this guy makes the best decision for the team. 
And a lot of times that's him not shooting the ball. It's him moving the ball. He had the one assist where he went, I mean, he crashed hard to the basket and did this loopy underhand throw to a player just over the outstretched hands of a defender to a player at the three-point line uh, who dropped a three. It was incredible. This, this tournament alone to get Tyrese Halliburton into, onto the, you know, the, stage, yes. the stage of stardom has been worth it. Because you listen, you, you love to hear what he has to say. You love his play right now. And quite honestly, man, the Pacers, they spread the scoring around. They're, they're a fun team to watch, a team that we don't talk about when we talk about the East and Philadelphia and Boston and Milwaukee. You know, and here's the, the, the it will be interesting to see where they go with this and what they did in dropping Milwaukee. They beat Milwaukee in this game. So this was a game. The late game was the showtime, obviously, because you had LeBron James. That wasn't even a game. That was an absolute destruction. And LeBron just keeps proving it doesn't matter how old you are. Because I remember him talking about it. He said, yeah, they say Father Time is undefeated. I'd like to give him one loss. Well, listen, you're going to go down as one of the greatest ever, but that's not going to happen. You're, you're never giving Father Time a loss. It's just of how long you can make it. But what he is still doing at his age is absolutely incredible when he wants to take over a game. He had that stretch in the second quarter where I think he hit three threes in a row and the last one was a total heat check shot. And I've always said when LeBron James gets into that mode, like we know LeBron James as a consistent shooter has always been something of the conversation. When he does that, other team pack it in. Like once you get that version of LeBron James, it's over. There's not much you're going to be able to do to stop it. Zion Williamson struggled last night. And so now if you're the NBA, I know people love saying this and trying to point to the TV at all. It really is perfect for the in-season tournament. We said this about the play-in tournament yeah. years ago when you got Golden State and you got the Lakers in it. Having LeBron in the final against a budding superstar is absolutely the best thing Adam Silver, Adam Silver could have hoped for of this. The especially, best when Tyrese, especially when Tyrese is bringing the ball down and there's LeBron saying, I'm now going to guard. The amazing thing, we talked about the half a million each player gets. What I didn't realize, that unlike the Olympics, remember the Olympics, the coaches do not get medals. Well, in this, the coaches get 500000 each. So they're the ones that are probably more hopped up than the players. So that adds to it. You're probably going to get about 12, 12 or $12.5 million in cash for this game that I still think needs to be laid in cash on the court before the game. But there's got to be coaches that are going to be like, man, what this is going to do for me to get five hundred grand for this win. I was going to say, John Rahm was talking about the money for his family. This actually kind of registers on the Richter scale with that. As the whole experience has been awesome, the atmosphere was great last night, genuinely looking forward to a Lakers-Pacers in-season final. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Let's finish off the show and the week the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories send you off into the weekend. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us a five-star rating, and hopefully you can catch us live here Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, on DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube, Samsung TV+, Roku, all those great places here. Tell a friend. Let somebody know we're out here trying to make a great show for you guys each and every day. And if you missed any of it, you can check out our great guests like Isaiah Hodgins, the Giants wide receiver, Ross Tucker, our great friend from the Ross Tucker football podcast right here at the DraftKings Network, who's on the call for Army-Navy for Westwood One this weekend. You can catch all that wherever you get your podcast or right here on DraftKings YouTube when we get done with the show. Now, we will get to an egregious airline violation and CNBC <laughs> trying to attack my lifestyle right after we tell you about a very comfortable lifestyle that you can lead with our friends at Wrangler. We're brought to you by Wrangler, jean shirts and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for cooler days and longer nights and styles that are going to keep you warm, comfy, moving and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere at work out at night playing a pickup game with your friends or at home watching the game on tv comfy and built for all occasions they are that durable and there's a wrangler shirt for every occasion you can go the casual tees the snaps and button-ups or layer them together get sassy a little bit of both and don't forget about the iconic wrangler jackets dad i know you would never forget about that ever because mm -hmm. i'd smack you uh when no. the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out you're very skinny now you don't have a lot of meat in your bones wrangler will keep you ready for anything in their outstanding jackets add some wrangler to 
to your getup with jean shirts and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great, so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. And you can save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use promo code GOJO15. That's G-O-J-O-1-5. Wrangler for the ride of life. Guys, let's get to this. Uh, Tiger Woods back in the news for being jacked and a little bit better at golf lately. <laughs> Apparently could be splitting with Nike, Dad, according to front office sports. This is a distinct possibility that's on the table for one of the most productive partnerships I think we've ever seen between brand and player in sports. So how surprised are you by this, Dad? It is surprising. You think it, like a lifer, like Michael Jordan, still making hundreds of millions of dollars every year uh, from Nike. Remember, Tiger's been with him since he was 20 years old in 1996. So he has made, obviously, hundreds of millions of dollars. I guess with, with Jordan, we could talk about a billion dollars. So they stopped making uh, golf clubs in 2016. Tiger's been playing with TaylorMades. Tiger's been wearing FootJoy shoes. And the thought is that TaylorMade, it, while they make some clothing not as much and other apparel, not as much as Nike, but could it be going that way? Could, could Tiger be going with TaylorMade and start to really help their apparel division it's a little different now so what it would do i'm not sure i'm sure it would still bump them uh up but uh boy what a something i did not see coming i just figured he was a lifer yeah i i agree so this one could change uh big time the landscape of attire that weekend warriors buy to try and emulate their favorite golfer someone could be wearing sunday reds with their friends hacking it up on a muni course in a different brand after this we'll wait and see how that one goes but jesse let's get to that and an attack on my lifestyle that i feel compelled <laughs> to respond to yeah so a cnbc analyst has blamed the decline of families and households on gaming and taylor swift 63% of young men are single, and that's the highest it's ever been. And 50% of those young men have no interest in dating, not even casually. And 30% of those men, or 30% of young men, say they have not had sex in over a year and don't seem to care. And so you have young men who don't want to date and young women who are spending their time really with, with Instagram moments, going to the Taylor Swift concert, I don't know if you've been to them. It's all yeah. filmed about yourself at the Taylor Swift con uh, concert. So, so they're not getting married and building. So okay, so wow. this is so, the, they should at you next time is what you said in the break. Yeah, staring right at you. Like I say, sport, so sports gambling and Taylor Swift are the reason why young men. First off, sexist report assuming that only men bet on sports and only women are going to those Taylor Swift comment concerts. Shame on you guys there. You should be ashamed of yourself. Second off here, oh yeah, those are the things preventing people my age from buying homes. Not a financial crisis, not multiple housing crises, not a pandemic that sent interest rates into hell in the years coming off that. None of the normal things about the economy surrounding home buying or the inflation around the cost of most things in my lifetime. Nope, it's Taylor Swift and me wanting to bet on Iowa unders. Great job, CNBC. You guys nailed it. Mike, are you, uh, are you uh, deflecting? Hmm? Are you deflecting here? Sounds like you need to get laid. Maybe you're one of the 30% oh, here. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> guys, listen. Uh, the Iowa uh, Iowa team isn't the only thing going under the sheets. Am I right? <laughs> oh, uh, come on. Confirmed the not in bedroom. the 30%. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen. Wow. Confirmed. Yeah. Mike. Mike. Mike wants everybody to know I'm not in that group. I am not in that group. Right. Your folks, mother's listening. Are, uh, say, we're, folks, we're gambling and having sex. 2023. <laughs> <is great>. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that being said. Guys, let's get to the third and address the real elephant in the room. I'm still reeling from that right now. Again, the notion of that. By the way, you know what? There is nothing sexier than a juicy Iowa under, all right? I've had an entire wonderful fall chasing that. Iowa unders have made me feel a way that no partner ever possibly could. So shame wow. on CNBC for trying to kink shame all of us for the love that we feel with the Hawkeyes' complete disregard for offensive production, their love of punts and defense, absolutely disgusting despicable 
It's time to get on to the third, though. Speaking of despicable. Yeah, not the only thing missing offensive production. Am I right? All right, so uh, yeah. there's this mm -hmm. guy who makes these videos. He's known for this, where he makes food in weird places. This is the guy, all right? You're looking at him. His latest video is titled Mile High Bathroom, and no, it's not going to be what you think next, garlic, nope. shrimp, and mash. So this man... I struggle to even call him that because what he's doing, the behavior he's exhibiting is more befitting of an animal, proceeds to make garlic, shrimp, and mashed potatoes in the airplane bathroom sink during a flight. So a couple things I'd like to note here. Number one, this is absolutely disgusting because we know how freaking gross planes are. Number yep. two, He's got like a battery and then he's putting something in water. Like this man is endangering the lives of everybody on this airplane. I, I am amazed. You're right on all that. You can't bring more than three ounces of a liquid on a plane. <laughs> this man brought a battery with clips to be able to power this battery to put it in a water in water in a sink. How the hell does he get that on a plane? But if I got three and a half ounces of liquid, I'm banned. I mean, what the hell is going on? TSA How does he is get, shaking right now. Not even honestly, not even hot point, seat Jesse, TSA. Yes, seriously, because Jesse, you're right. Making food in the sink. This guy, if I ever see him on my plane and I see him walk into the bathroom, I'm putting something in front of that bathroom door and he's staying there the entire flight. Oh, I'm, I'm finding I, the air marshal on the plane and I'm having oh. this man arrested. Now, I will say this. It is like certainly, from an interpersonal standpoint on the plane, absolute psycho move i don't even go yeah. like i don't even poop on planes anymore because i don't want to do that to my fellow passengers i don't want to deal with the shame of having to walk out of the bathroom and see some yeah. little old lady who's about to go in there next and be like hey you might want Hit to the give dirt. that a couple of minutes there <laughs> yeah. things aren't yeah. cute right now yeah all that being said because this is uh you know gross and all that way if you're on the plane and he offers you some would you try it no if no you, no do you see I, this guy? I, I, you don't yeah, accept I, anything I, from this guy. All right, Mike, let's not are, judge a book are, too much by his cover because no. he's not that many standard deviation points away from me. I'm just saying, I feel like you got to do it for the plot. No, no, I'm saying, I'm not saying judge a book by its cover. I'm saying this man, you saw the way he was eating it, right? With his hands, with the yeah. stuff. You think this guy turns to you and offers you a shrimp? Yeah. You yeah. should could, take could it. Could you imagine him picking it out with his hands and reaching his hand over and say, here, you want some? Mike, you know, you and I and our family, we are food people. You have eaten a donut that was stuck to a tire for 20 minutes you know, and ate it. But I'm not eating anything this guy offers. I don't want to be anywhere near this guy on a plane. Thank you. Especially seafood. I, I I'm willing to hear both sides. Not about how he got there, but about the end ah. result. If you enjoyed the end result of this, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating in your bathroom shrimp recipe. Have a great oh, weekend. God.